Run Hunter. Brought to you by Raider Media. Coming up on the show, I chat to Malise Court, iron athlete extraordinaire and author of the new book, The Nine Mile Marathon. Look ahead to the famed Omdi Dum Ultra. Modern Athlete Magazine goes digital. I discover clean and fresh sneaker care. Of course, catch up with the Q-Ball and Tech Steve. And find out more about Fit 2000 Running Club. Welcome to episode six of Run Hunter. Remember, it's the first podcast dedicated to all things running in South Africa. We six shows in. There may be a, a few pretenders to the throne out there, but what's that they say about imitation? We are a runner's guide to all things pertinent to the sport. From race previews, reviews, and big name interviews, we've got it all and more. Thanks for being part of this very exciting journey. First things first, let's fire that starter's gun and look ahead to the weekend's big race. Gonna hit the ground running. It is that time of the year when we start talking ultra marathons and one of the most eagerly awaited on the running can- calendar, particularly if you on the inland region, is of course the Omdi Dum Ultra Marathon. It's the largest inland ultra in South Africa. 50 Ks, and then it also offers the 21, etc. But uh, yeah, it is uh, certainly a must-do and a must-see if you are a massive runner in South Africa, running lover. And uh, on the line, we do have uh, the race director, Johan van Mollendorf, who's been doing this for a couple of years now, if I'm not mistaken. I remember dealing with you a few years back, Johan, when I did my first ever Omdi Dan. Um, but uh, yeah, big things await uh, this weekend. Yes, we fired up. Everything's 100%. Everything's under control. And we're just waiting for the day. The countdown is coming from today. Two days left, and we're ready. You say two days left. Is that two days uh, before entry is no, closed? So a few days oh. left. <laughs> a few days a few left. Few days left. <laughs> and the entries have been closed long ago, in November last year already. Two weeks, and it was sold out. Wow! And, and I mean that just highlights how popular this race is. Uh, I, I remember doing my first ever one and how, how tough it was to get an entry. I, I think I actually contacted you and you managed to make a plan, so thank you very much. But yeah, geez, I, I don't know anyone who, who, who doesn't aspire to do Omdi Dam. I mean, people talk about the likes of the Comrades and Two Oceans and Omdi Dam is, is right up there. Yes, and uh, you see it's a, it's a World Championship 50 case ultra marathon qualifier so it's the only place to be on on saturday to qualify for the world championships and that is all right in north east south africa 
Jan, tell us a bit more about the history of the race. How long has it been going on for now and, and, and how, how big it's grown over the years? And the race started off by um, by by by, by, by 20, 1992 out of a garage, and uh, Pete Fury was the was the guy who initiated right in the beginning 1992 out of his garage. I said with his wife, and uh, they started off about the 70 runners, and they started off with the ultra the 50, and then four five years later they decided they'll, they'll give it a dash for the 21. And then from there on the 2001, they started with a tank. And then in the meantime, in 1997, they started with the 5Ks, very small. And today it's one of the largest 5Ks in the country. And it used to be a casual run. And now it's a, a proper race, 5Ks with all data, exactly the same than the 50Ks. Wow, geez, it's a magnificent event. And logistically, I can imagine it must be very, very tough to put together, as are most big races in the country. But, I mean, if you talk about a small area like Hearties, um, yeah, it, it can't be much fun from your side putting this race together when you know you're going to have so, so many people descending on your small little town. Yeah, but I want to make clear to you, this year, uh, we kept the numbers. So uh, we kept it for a reason for traffic and the safety of the athletes and that they can get to the stadium to uh, correct to the, to, the, to the start on time. So we kept the numbers. So the, the, the 50K, the ultra, will only be 4,000 and the 21 will be 2,000. And then we, we shift the 5 and the 10 on, on later in September into Hattis itself. We want to make it a more community race, but it's for outsiders as well. We'll be on the same base. Um, online on the 50 and uh, like the 50 and 21 so this year uh, next year we're coming uh, it will be our 50th and we want to make it a precise precision race so that's why we kept the numbers because this year we want everything 100 percent tell us about the 2018 event results wise and 2019 who should we be backing for for the top spot on the podium yes um i'll be very excited um maria roberts uh, Donna could see a manager send us a huge team, um, very experienced team, people who, who, who actually uh, prepare for comrades and um, two oceans. So a lot of these people, people will be there. And uh, then uh, Nick Bester sent also a huge, very, very uh, stunning field. And um, very good news, our 2017 um uh, the, the 2017 uh, comrades winner to 2016, Sonei Bosman will be here. And then our, uh, she won the 2017 Omidam. And then our last year, previous year, year winner, Salome Cooper, 2018 Omidam winner, she will also be here. So it's a very competitive race. And then Marco Bambu, our previous last year winner, also competing very well. Uh, the few last uh, runs on the ocean as well as comrades, he's here. So we're very excited. It's about a stunning field of about 30 top, top class at least coming on Saturday. Yeah, we actually spoke to Shanae a couple of weeks ago um, in one of the episodes. And, I mean, she's got a massive affinity with Omdi Dam. You mentioned uh, she's a previous winner. She also won the half marathon at Omdi Dam last year, if I'm not mistaken. And if I remember correctly, she's also set a record along the line uh, over at Hearties. Yeah, and so last year she, she won the 21 because she was preparing for the Oceans and Comrades. Um, because of the the... the 
the toughness of this race. Um, you you got to be well prepared, and you can't you can't just can't do every race and just prepare for comrades. So that's why they're choosing this race, and a lot of people they will concentrate on this race, but their main aim is comrades. So uh, and a lot of people are preparing for this race as well as for oceans because this year it's about four weeks spread it out, and uh, that that every four or five years. So uh, because of the date, exactly this year is very well post post for to to oceans and comrades. Yeah, I just want to thank everybody involved uh, with this uh, unique race and uh, for the community and the municipality. I've got a, a massive meeting again on Wednesday with municipality. We had a, a, a municipality meeting as well with all the role players last uh, Wednesday, and then uh, we had already a dry run with everybody involved, and I've got a dry run tomorrow as well. So everything is prepared. We went out of our way. We worked on this race, preparing it 100% the whole year because we want the, 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 the safety of the athletes and we want them to enjoy it on the day. So we're very excited for this year. And I just want to say thanks for the media, which always buying in for Omidam and make it a, a huge race for us and make it pleasant for on, the day, on, on the day that Saturday, 16th of March. Jan, anything else you want to say to the listeners who, who will be competing at the event in terms of what you recommend, what time they get there, anything else they should know? Um, very important, we sent, a, sent out messages last last week and we're going to do this week. Everyone who was entering for this race, they'll have ex- exactly what to do, what time they must leave from the from the different provinces and the suburbs in Johannesburg and East Rand. So they know exactly what time to leave. I'm just asking you, athletes, please just check your list and your goodie bag. All the all the info will be on there, really carefully. And if you if you if you're going to do that on that way, and and you know all all the messages we sent through, and we bring that 100 percent, at least will be here on time, and they will enjoy the day, because we got to be we got to be on time. We got to we got to have the race well organized, and it is at least on time. They'll have a pleasant race and they can enjoy it. You can't run a race like this and you're late. Lovely. Johan, thank you so much. Best of luck for Saturday. We can't wait. Thanks. Thanks for phoning and have a nice day. Cheers, Johan. Bye. Bye-bye. From a big race to a big interview. From Hearties to The Hague. Gonna hit the ground running. Now... Regular listeners are well-versed in the gentleman by the name of Darren Cubal Brom. He's trying to go for his 15th Comrades Marathon title. Uh, he's done plenty before, and he's in the training process at the moment, but he did struggle with his last training effort. And afterwards, of course, Comrades is a very, very long race. We're looking at over 90 Ks, and most people say run and run and run and run some more if you're going to be training for this massive, massive marathon. And as you'll hear from Darren late in the show, he did struggle in the training ahead of this one because he said he's simply done with long distances. Of course, that's not going to change. He's still going to run a lot. But then he he pointed me to a book that's recently come out called The Nine Mile Marathon. And that's written by a lady by the name of Marlies Kort, who is a Dutch competitor. And she certainly has earned her spurs when it comes to running numerous, numerous titles along the way. And she basically says, run less in order to achieve more long distance. And uh, we're very lucky to have her on the line. Uh, Without further ado, Marlies, uh, congratulations on the book. Tell us a bit more about it. 
Hi, well, thank you for inviting me this, for this interview. Uh, well, tell, I will tell you that the, the, the main thing that I figured out is that you don't need to run those long and slow training runs in order to finish your marathon strong. And that's actually the one sentence I actually need to explain <laughs> where it's all about. And how did you come up with this philosophy? I mean, no doubt it must have affected you somewhere in your training regime and your athletics career. Did you realize, hey, hold on a sec, I'm actually feeling better from having done a short training run ahead of this big race? Yeah, you're totally right. It's, uh, I, I came up by my own experiences um, after doing many, many marathons, training runs, and also being uh, a coach for other uh, marathoners, I figured out that uh, many of them got injured along the way. Uh, I'm the lucky one with a strong body, so I can kind of handle it. So I didn't get that much uh, injuries, but my uh, students, they did. So many of them, they didn't even get to the start. And uh, and even if they got to the start and ran their marathon, they didn't want to 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 uh, train for another marathon anymore because they thought it was it wasn't fun anymore because of all their problems that they got along the way. And besides that, I uh, after marathon running, I started triathlon. And uh, in the beginning of the book, uh, my personal introduction, I figured out by myself because of personal circumstances that I couldn't train at that time that much anymore as I actually personally wanted. And I had to reduce my uh, the time that I had. I had limited time, so I had to reduce my training hours. And actually, the the, the output of that, uh, I became stronger and better along the way and I became actually uh, H group world champion in the Ironman the half Ironman distance so with that all together uh, I started um, thinking about what what did we all wrong along the way what did my coaches uh, tell me all and 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 I just figured out that there was another way uh, um, to train for long distance running so that's uh, how I came up with the nine mile marathon I don't want to give all the secrets away because ideally we want listeners to go out and buy this book. But how did you get to nine miles? I mean, was there a lot of scientific research into it? And, and in South Africa, we use kilometers. So you're looking at around uh, 14 and a half uh, kilometers. So yeah, that's right. Yeah, 14 kilometers. You're totally right. Well, nine mile, I like the word because uh, we talk about nine milers. And the book, uh, I actually, um, by reading a lot of uh, research and running schedules and and, and, uh, uh, and talk with other coaches and trainers and look back in the history books and, and still when you buy the Runner's World and other magazines, uh, and I was a little bit more focused on America at the beginning, um, that's the reason I, I actually wrote, every, uh, I wrote it down and called it the Nine Mile uh, Marathon. But uh, along the way, I actually uh, like the name because uh, we talk about nine milers right now as people uh, follow my program and finish the marathon the nine miler way. So actually, uh, the name is pretty good. I like it. And that's because of the max of 14 kilometers. You're, you are totally right. That's the max distance that you actually run to prepare uh, for your uh, marathon. Um, well, that, that's actually the reason. I don't. Did I answer your question right? Yeah, yeah, perfectly. I mean, yeah, that, that, that okay. makes perfect sense. And, and, and in terms, I mean, I mentioned the word just now, research. Um, 
Was this something that you just discovered by yourself? Was this just trial and error from you going out on the road? Or did you get other people involved? I mean, did you take in studies, have someone evaluate what you were doing and say, yeah, what you're doing yes. is right or wrong? Yeah. That's a great question. Um, uh, I'll, I, um, I have a lot of experience myself, but I got, also got coached by many people. And besides that, I uh, dove uh, into different books. And one of that is that I figured out by a researcher, Sans van der Poel. She's Dutch and she is an, uh, uh, a researcher uh, uh, and she researches uh, what happens with people when they have a burnout. And that is uh, that has to do with their heart rate. And she figured actually out if there is a possibility to get this heart rate down, um, then uh, you get in a certain, uh, um, how do you say that in English, uh, mood, yeah. certain condition that uh, people who are really stressed and burned out, that they get they get um, uh, get rid of that and uh, they they recover that way. So if you translate it to sports and you um, and by doing all these long training runs, you accumulate the fatigue, and uh, and that moment you are going to burn out your own body and you get injured. And so she figured out if you uh, uh, train with a certain heart rate, we call it the marathon heart rate. You have to calculate it. It's your personal heart rate. Uh, you may you can figure it out by personal calculation that I uh, explain in my book. That if you uh, stick with that, that you can really prepare your body and train your body well to uh, do the real work for the marathon, and without wearing it out, without the accumulated fatigue. So I call it AFA, accumulated fatigue avoidance, because that's the big thing. You don't need, uh, you, you cannot, uh, uh, your body just cannot uh, consume all these miles, all these kilometers to get ready for the marathon. It's totally worn out. And then I speak for people like you and me, people who just like to go out and run besides having their work, uh, social life and family. Yeah, and we want to combine it all together, and we don't have the hours of sleep and and time to recover as, of course, professional athletes uh, will have. Yeah, th that applies completely to me, and I travel a lot, so I I, I really have time. I, I do try and, and fit runs in as much as I can, and and of late, especially, I've been finding myself using the treadmill a hell of a lot. Um, is that something you, mm -hmm. you warn against or is that okay? Can, can you still try and fit that in in terms of this nine-mile nine marathon philosophy? Well, of course, I get this question more often because mm -hmm. of our support uh, 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 messages. Uh, of course, I get the same question about the treadmill. Some people, they, they have no choice because of the bad weather or cold weather circumstances. So they ask me, can I please uh, use and tell me if I can use a treadmill? Well, for uh, to get your the right MHR to get to make this calculation, uh, what's very important because you want you will use this heart rate uh, for these ninety days for the whole program. It it doesn't uh, fit into the actually the, the 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 way you will run your marathon because that's outside on the road. Yeah. So I'm okay. a little uh, afraid of if you do the test on the treadmill. I'm not sure about uh, if it is uh, um, uh, representative for um, you can use it and implement it as uh, at the moment you start for your marathon outside on the road in different circumstances. 
But um, if there's no other way and you still want to train for this marathon uh, the nine mile away, yeah, sometimes you have no choice. So I don't recommend, but if there's no other choice, uh, better use a treadmill instead of not running a marathon at all. I'm going to throw my treadmill away right now and hit the road. Uh, come <laughs> no, no, rain no, or sunshine. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Well, let's say for the test, I won't recommend. But yeah. if you do your training sometimes on a treadmill, I know many people out there who, who because of the reddest circumstances, they need to. Well, if you train sometimes on a treadmill, you just go for it. Maybe even your interval training because you Better run than not run at all. Exactly, yeah. I, I, I live by that philosophy, thankfully. Um, I always tell myself, well, <laughs> it's better than sitting on the couch, even though I'm doing 2Ks on the treadmill for an hour. Yeah, there <laughs> you go. So as long as you do, uh, yeah, you get the opportunity to, to use both, outside with all the circumstances out there and, uh, and the treadmill together. That won't uh, uh, hurt that much. Lovely. And, and Malisa, I know you mentioned uh, world champion 70.3. That was in 2015 uh, in the female 40 to 44 class. But you've got a, numerous other achievements along the way. And you've got a fascinating background because while I'm chatting to you now in the Netherlands, your country of origin, um, you've also lived elsewhere along the way. Yes, you're right. I moved uh, from the Netherlands uh, to the tropical islands uh, close to in the north of uh, uh, South America. It's called Curaçao. It's a uh, Dutch colony island. And uh, I moved there because of uh, the circums- economical circumstances actually in the Netherlands or in Europe. And I got the opportunity to continue uh, my work at that time as an interior, interior designer uh, on Curaçao. So we moved there with uh, my uh, family. I have two uh, daughters, twin daughters. And then, uh, because it's a tropical island, well, I don't have to explain you in the South Africa, uh, <laughs> the temperature uh, sometimes rises uh, way above 30 degrees, up to 40. And that made me change my focus from running, because I ran in the top uh, five in the Netherlands, in my home country, at the moment I moved. So I wanted to continue my fitness uh, on Curacao, but I had really a hard time with that because of the circumstances. Humidity is sky high and, and temperature as well. So then I started to, uh, to pick up my swimming again in the beautiful ocean there and uh, also my biking. And I started to do more triathlon uh, uh, training and did some races and, and, and I really loved it uh, uh, right away and uh, wanted to um, do Ironmans because the distance is longer. So after doing some Olympics and I won them actually all uh, national and then I uh, checked it out uh, uh, in the other Caribbean uh, islands and on the mainland in uh, like in Miami and America and Boulder, uh, Puerto Rico, Panama, uh, Cartagena, and um, yeah, and and I actually I won them all <laughs> <laughs> in my age group though. So don't worry, don't don't. Uh, it's not the, the professional group. The, yeah, the no, women of twenty five no, up to thirty. Take nothing away from ones. that. A victory is a victory. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you. I yeah, it's, I couldn't even believe it. But then uh, I got qualified for the world championships because of my. Uh, first um, place on the podium and and actually to be honest i won that one in austria in 2015 as well in my age group so 
yeah, it's uh, <laughs> yeah, it's great. I, I love it. I love the sport, and I love I am doing Ironman. Yeah. And one city you didn't mention was New York. If I'm not mistaken, you also did very well over there at the, the famed yes, New York yes. Marathon. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And New York, I went there uh, two times for uh, the marathon. And I came in uh, as the first woman uh, um, after the professionals. Um, so uh, also in, in marathon running, I'm still uh, in front of the, the pack. <laughs> now, I've got one big criticism of you. You've mentioned all these wonderful places, New York, uh, Curaçao, uh, the Netherlands, obviously, Austria, Boulder. I haven't heard the word South Africa yet. That's a good one. I really want to visit you guys over there because I think it's a beautiful uh, place to uh, do Ironman as well. I know um, there was a, a world championship, I think, yeah, a year ago, two years ago. No, it was, it was last year, if I'm not mistaken. Last year, yeah. Actually, I I got um, I qualified for that one, but because of the the circumstances to move uh, and stuff like that, and starting a, a new business, I I skipped that one to be honest. But still, South Africa, I would love to go there. It's on my list. Oh, I hope so. And do you know about the Comrades Marathon? Yes, I get many of them. Uh, um, these people, uh, uh, these athletes, these super athletes, they want, they are following my program. Yeah, yeah, I heard about it. And it's uh, amazing. It is. Uh, I mean, they, it, it's it's world renowned. I mean, it's the the highest participating marathon in the world, um, and it's not a marathon. Yeah. It is an ultra marathon. Uh, but there you go, yeah. I, I think you should definitely put that on your bucket list. Really? Yeah. You should. You you think? Yeah. No, a, you have to. <laughs> Let me think about it. <laughs> <laughs> you simply I, have I to. I kind of have. Uh, I, I have a new bucket list. First of all, I start with the Ironman uh, full Ironman in Boulder this year, mm-hmm. and the n- June 9th. And I will also would like to um, subscribe for um, the. I don't know if you know this. Uh, this is the PSR. It's a ultra running uh, eight days of uh, in the Pyrenees, so that's a mountain race, oh, and you, wow. you have to do it together as a duo. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, that's in September next year again. Oh, Jesus! So I would like to do that one. There certainly are so many races out there, but I'm definitely going to hold you to that coming down to South Africa and taking part uh, yeah. in the Comrades and maybe even the Two Oceans, which is a beautiful race down in. Cape yeah, Town. I heard about that one as well. Well, never say never. Oh, well, there we go. <laughs> I'm going to keep on pestering you until until we get you down here. Uh, and finally, okay, Malise, Mal- how can listeners get hold of the book? Well, if uh, if you're interested, the best way to go and is, and the easiest way to go is to go to the site the9milemarathon.com and then uh, T-H-E and then 9 as a, as a mark. So yeah. the9milemarathon.com and then yeah, all the information is there. Lovely. Thank you so much, Marlies Cord. It's been a pleasure having you on. I've been trying to arrange this interview for a couple of days. You're, you're a hard woman to track down, I must admit. <laughs> but we finally here, so yeah. you, you figured out how to catch me. So yeah. <laughs> uh, that's great. I love it. So yeah. Thank you for that. Yeah, fair, fair enough. I, I can imagine that someone like you would be very hard to catch, uh, given how fast you're out on the road. Marlies Court, thank you so much. Um, enjoy The Hague, and yeah, hope to see you South Africa in South Africa in the near future. 
Well, okay, I will uh, look forward to going to Miami Meet, and thank you for this interview. Thank you very much. Gonna hit the ground running. Now, it wasn't long ago where we profiled Modern Athlete Planet Fitness Running Club. Of course, Modern Athlete Magazine is an institution to South African running, and they've undergone a major change recently. Let's find out more. Gonna hit the ground running. Of course, if you finish any race, especially in Gauteng, down in the Cape, anywhere really, uh, there's no doubt that uh, you'll look for your medal. But uh, often in goodie bags, etc., there's a magazine that has proved to be extremely popular over the years. Uh, That's where I first found out about Modern Athlete. But since then, I've seen it all over the place and it has uh, picked up subscribers by the thousands. It is extremely popular throughout South Africa and beyond, uh, most probably. But uh, recently, they took a very, very big decision. And with me on the line is the editor, Sean Falconer. Sean, great to have you on the line. And uh, I know we chatted uh, to a friend of yours a couple of weeks ago regarding the Modern Athlete Planners Fitness uh, Running Club. A great initiative, that. But, uh, yeah, also massive things happening as far as the publication's concerned. Yeah, hi, Derek. It's good to chat to you. Uh, We're very excited about where the magazine's going because uh, we've gone digital and where most magazines, if they stopped printing tomorrow and just relied on their digital subscriptions, they would effectively disappear due to the fact that digital subscriptions in this country are still relatively sort of unknown, quite a young industry, so to say. But Modern Athlete, because we're a free magazine and we um, got our digital platform up and running around about 2014, we now have over 70,000 subscribers on the digital platform. So we can do it and without losing all our readership. And it's, it's a sign of the times. A lot of magazines are closing down these days and struggling to tell adverts, staff getting retrenched. On the other hand, Modern Athlete just keeps climbing. So we're very excited. That is magnificent. And of course, as I, I found out with this running podcast with Run Hunt, is that you, you've got an endless stream of content because... As we know, South Africans love to be fit, they love to be healthy, and running is just the easiest of the lot to to get involved in. Well, you know, my background is that I did nine years at Runner's World magazine before coming to Modern Athlete, and I've now been with Modern Athlete for just over nine years. The two magazines are so different because Runner's World is a how-to magazine with lots of information about how to do your first half marathon and how to stretch and how to do this and how to do that. And there's a place in the market for that. But when I was still there, I used to speak to so many people on weekends at races and they would tell me that it's not the content they're looking for. As people that are already up and running, if you'll excuse the phrase, they've been there and done that with that kind of information. So I said to them, well, what do you want? And they said, inspiration, people, stories, motivation. And that's exactly what Modern Athlete does. We are literally a people magazine about people, and it's just so many different stories. And as you put it so um, effectively, I've got tons of potential stories out there because there's 90-odd thousand registered roadrunners in this country, and every single one of them has got a story to tell. So there's never any problems finding content for the magazine, and we never have to repeat anything. Yeah, very much our target market as well for Run Hunter. And I thought that I was very much the target as well. I mean, when I first picked up a copy of Modern Athlete, I realized this magazine speaks to me because I was a complete novice. I'm still not very good. But when I picked it up, I didn't feel um, out of place. I mean, I could read it and think, geez, this is actually appealing to me. And they know 
that what I'm about because I'm a guy who's just kind of got into the sports uh, because my friends are doing it. It looked like fun, and 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 it's not taken too seriously. It's about the enjoyment factor over about getting that gold medal at the end, uh, from my take. Uh, yeah, one of the other things that I'm very proud of with this magazine is that uh, it appeals to different sectors of the market, not just the people that have been running for years and years and years. Um, for example, a friend of mine uh, who runs a, a Run Walk for Life branch down here in the Cape came up to me one day at a race and said that his members all love my magazine and can't wait for it each month. And I said to him, I'm rather surprised because uh, Modern Athlete is not out and out a beginner's magazine. Uh, it doesn't really have all that practical how-to information. And he said, no, well, the other magazines on the market that give that um, are actually intimidating to his members, which I found rather interesting. And uh, they, they prefer reading the inspirational stories in Modern Athlete. So, you know, as I say, I'm proud of that. It's, it's nice to know that the magazine hits different sectors of the market and appeals to different people. And at the end of the day, everybody's getting their running fix out of the magazine. So you, the magazine's been around for a long time, and you said you, you took the massive decision to go from physical to digital. I mean, what eventually prompted it? And you know, it, it must have been, how did it end up coming that you guys said, okay, cool, we're going to do this, and the point of no return? Well, a, a little brief bit of history is that we started this magazine towards the middle of 2009, and the first edition was dished out at the Comrades Marathon Expo, uh, I joined them in about October that day, so I missed the, the first four or five editions, and I've been there ever since. We're now on edition 116, so uh, uh, we've come a long way. And uh, when we first started printing, the, the, the guys behind this, Mike Bray and Arthur Velasquez, two uh, businessmen from Joburg and members of the JP Condom Running Club, they were chatting one day while running and saying, they weren't impressed with the, the latest um, magazines on sale because they said that it was the same stuff being repeated each year. So they, would, they, they actually thought they could do a better job themselves. So they said, well, why not? Let's do it. They went and looked at the industry to sort of see what happens in publishing, how it works, because neither of them had a publishing background. And they found a publication called Joburg Child, which had a circulation of around about 40,000 editions, handed out for free at doctor's offices, at daycare centers, anything to do with childcare and health. And it was working. The advertisers wanted to be in it. So they said, well, why don't we do the same thing with a running magazine? We print a magazine and we dish it out to the running clubs free of charge and the advertising will pay for it. And what, what do you know? It worked. So the print run of Modern Athlete from day one was 30,000 copies. Now, if we had launched this magazine and tried to put it into the stores and tried to sell it in order to get launched, we probably wouldn't have lasted for six months. Instead, we had a circulation of 30,000 overnight and the advertisers were going, well, in that case, to sign me up. I want to talk to your readership. <laughs> and so as the years went by, we brought the, the print run down because the digital subscriptions were climbing so rapidly. As I said earlier, earlier we launched that in 2014, and we just kept climbing higher and higher and higher. And um, it got to the stage towards the end of last year where the printing costs were just becoming exorbitant. And then you still have to throw in the distribution costs to get the magazines around the country. And given our large uh, digital uh, subscription, we were able to make that decision. And um, so far, no, no issues. You know, we do know we will lead, lose some of our readers, especially older generation readers who are not au fait with digital platforms or don't like reading things on screens. But that's one of those unfortunate things. The economics of the time made it necessary. 
But uh, and the other thing, of course, is we we rather chuffed about the fact that, given the fact that we are the organisation, the magazine behind the Run Clean campaign, uh, we quite quite like the fact that we've gone greener by using his paper. Yeah, that's a massive benefit. And also, I mean, I, I remember being involved in the publishing world uh, many, many years ago in our still at Varsity. I was involved with a, a local advertising magazine, and I'll never forget that first print came out, and there was a spelling error on that. And, oh, man, it absolutely killed me. And, of course, digitally, uh, you can just go and uh, copy and paste and change that once it's out. Yeah, it was actually a funny story is that one of the earliest editions of Modern Athlete featured Alan Robb on the front cover. Well, not, not the picture of him, just his name. Yeah. And uh, Robb is R-O-double-B. <laughs> and uh, the, the team up in Joburg had written R-O-B, one O B. You know, so there was a typo right on the front cover. Oh, no. And there's, there's, no, there's no taking it back. I mean, once it's printed, it's no, printed. No, you're gone. You've got to just uh, write it <clears> out <throat> and uh, hope that the next month comes uh, very quickly. Uh, uh, looking at uh, the current edition, uh, you've got one funder defender on uh, the cover, track Olympian to take on comrades. Um, you've got plenty of articles. Also, I see you've got the Warrior Race in there. That's a, a great event uh, and really is a superb article. You've got your editor's letter right in front there. And, Sean, I mean, geez, this is going to be a, a tough question, but um, over the years, you say you've been involved with them uh, since 2009, if I'm not mistaken. And where, what would you say would be your favorite article of all time in Modern Athlete? <laughs> oh, my sainted aunt. Do you, do you know that because I've now been doing this for close on 20 years, I actually sometimes have for, even forget people that I've interviewed. People walk up to me at races and go like, hey, I still love that article you wrote on me in 2003. And I'm going, um, can you remind me, please? What was it about? I just There's been so many incredible stories, so many incredible people that I've met. Um, I, I think one of the, 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 the plus points that I've had in my career is that I am actually a runner. I do belong to a club. I do go to races. So I've met so many people while running and picked up stories where we're having a chat during a race and somebody starts telling me the story or the, about a friend or about themselves and I go, that'll be a great article. We need to we need to organize afterwards for an interview or to get me the facts and the pictures, whatever. Um, so, you know, to choose one single article is so hard. Uh, you know, there's so many. <laughs> so they, they, I, I know it sounds like a vague, uh, answer, but it really is difficult to choose. No, I, I did expect that answer. I would have been surprised if you came out with one uh, out of the many, many that you've been involved in. So, um, yeah, no, don't don't uh, beat yourself up about that whatsoever. Um, and then, what does the future hold for modern athletes? Uh, where would you like this to grow to? I mean, we've spoken about the subscription numbers. Um, firstly, uh, in terms of subscribing, um, what do I need to do? What do the listeners need to do uh, to to get modern athletes in the mailbox? It's a very simple process. You just go to our website, which is www.modernathlete.co.za, and uh, you look for the, the page on the website there which has the subscription and sign-up links. Um, so it, there's a toolbar across the top of the screen, um, the one that says um, subscribe. It's uh, one, two, three, four, five, six on the, on the cross the, from the left. In between and, stories and win. Correct. Um, and you just click on subscribe and you'll see there, there's subscribe to the ad magazine, there's subscribe to the newsletter and, uh, you can sign up for that. Once we have an email address from you in, in our database, you will then receive the monthly mailer, which says, 
your March edition is here or your April edition is here. We give a few little highlights with, and besides the, you can, besides the fact you can click on the front cover or the read more button, you can also click on those specifically, specific highlighted, uh, um, stories from the, from the art, um, the, from the magazine and go straight to them. And the magazine is list, is, uh, loaded on the Jumag platform. It's a, it's a basically a page flipper. So you literally just use the arrows, the left and right, or, or drag the pages across, and you can page through the magazine to your heart's content. You can download the whole PDF. You can download single pages. You can print it, or you can read it on screen. Uh, the whole point is it's free of charge, and there it is. It's there for people to enjoy. Yeah, you speak about the format, and I'm not saying this to, to blow smoke up your <clears> bum, <throat> but, I mean, it really is so user-friendly. I, I'm paging through it right now. Uh, it makes things so much easier than flipping through a magazine. People like to touch things, but when they know that it's going digital, they think, ah, oh, geez, will, will I lose the quality in terms of being able to see the articles, see the pictures, etc." But, I mean, looking through this right now, it, I mean, I'm paging through a digital magazine, and, and everything is crystal clear, uh, and the quality is terrific. Well, the nice thing about that platform is you can zoom in on the pages. So, you know, there's no, no there's nothing to worry about not being able to read it because the font size is too small or it's not clear enough. Just zoom in. And if that's still not good enough for you, download it, put it on your computer screen and uh, or print it and it's perfectly usable. Um, you know, as I said a, a little bit earlier, we know that some of the older readers don't enjoy this kind of platform, but times are changing. People are becoming more tech savvy. Even older generation folks who are now got smartphones and are learning all about Facebook and Twitter and all sorts of interesting things that they never even dreamt of using it before. So no, it's, it's not such a big, a big step to take to go read a magazine digitally as well. And uh, I see a nice big advert either side of the mag uh, advertising the Great Wall Marathon, which uh, people can enter. I see Discovery Vitality there, Huawei. Um, yeah, that, that's a great race to look forward to. Well, actually, people should go check out the March edition, uh, which uh, went live this week, because we've actually got two competitions that you could win a, pro- a great prize for in this month. One is the, the Great Wall of China Marathon competition. So that's a trip for two up for grabs mm. with all expenses paid, sightseeing, meals, accommodation, airfares, transfers, the whole lot. Um, there are uh, some stipulations that you need to be a Discovery Vitality member and have a Huawei phone. But if you want to win the trip, that's a good reason to go sign up for both of those right now. Without a doubt. The other, and the other competition is um, one which will really catch the attention of a lot of local runners is that we've got an entry for the old, the um, Two Oceans Marathon presented by Old Mutual. Um, so we all know that there's massive demand for late entries for either the ultra or the half marathon. And by signing up, sorry, not signing up, by doing the, the entry mechanisms through our magazine, you could stand a chance to win one of those, uh, win an entry. All you have to do is give us a very short uh, reason why you think you deserve the entry. So you don't have to pay anything, you don't have to sign up for anything. All you've got to do is just give us your reason. Um, and that's it. That's simple. Then we judge and we give you the entry. Magnificent. Jeez. Uh, yeah, what better motivation then uh, to go over to modernathlete.co.za than just those two uh, offers alone. But yeah, it really is a terrific mag and it appeals to runners of all shapes and sizes, of all types of talent, whether uh, you are in that front batch or, or right at the back, it really doesn't matter. And uh, Sean, just finally, I, I spoke about what does the future hold for Modern Athlete. Uh, I, I'm going to ask you again, at the end of the year, I mean, we're looking at these numbers now, 
82,000 subscribers, and then we've got Twitter and Facebook. I mean, those are, are plenty there, uh, as you'd expect. But where would you like to be at the end of the end in terms, in terms of numbers with those subscribers? We haven't set a specific target, but obviously when we speak about it amongst our team, we talk about the fact that we would love to get to 100,000 digital subscribers. And it is entirely doable because we, we are partnered with some of the largest events in the country. We are partnered with some of the provinces and we're working on uh, more partnerships. And those partnerships are designed to benefit both sides. So we want to give a good inspirational and motivational and usable read to the people from the different organizations in exchange to reach their database. So, you know, by having um, a whole database of people sign up for the magazine, um, we extend our readership and they get the great product. Obviously, the the modern rules and regulations or the laws for that matter about um, signing people up and not giving them un- unsolicited spam mails is a bit tricky. So you can't just sign people up. They must opt in. But that's fine by us because we wouldn't have 70,000 digital subscribers already on board if people weren't enjoying the magazine and opting in voluntarily. So, you know, we, we're looking to grow. We're looking to um, not just uh, be the biggest running magazine in the country, but to get, get even bigger. And um, I think what people need to know is that the content of the magazine is designed to cover all the bases. So it's not just road running. It's also trail, multi-sport. Um, and um, track and field, which you don't find track and field coverage anywhere else. No, no other running magazine is doing that. So, you know, we're trying to grow the sport and inspire people to lace up their shoes and get out there no matter what kind of running they're doing. Or race walking. We've got a race walking section now. It's just recently added. So, you know, it's a, it's a magazine for everybody and designed to inspire. I keep on saying finally, but I've just got so many more questions. This truly is the last one. In terms of staffing, I mean, are you responsible for every word that we see in the magazine or are, are there quite a few contributors? So the, um, the magazine is pretty much my baby. My two partners and I that um, own the magazine and uh, uh, run the show, the, the other two partners are focused more on either sales um, or digital content. So the actual magazine is mostly my baby. I have a couple of regular contributors. Uh, Manfred Seidler, who's a journalist based in Joburg, who's writing articles for me, and uh, PJ Moses down in Cape Town. Um, he's very well known in the Cape Circles as the former gangster from Bonte Hebel who's now turned himself into a roadrunner and trail runner and, and writer. Real success story there. So it's lovely having him in the mix. About four or five other columnists who contribute to the magazine. And we also publish reader stories when people send us a, a, a good story to tell. But yeah, I do a lot of writing on the magazine and it's, it's, it's a lot of hours that I have to put in, but I, I'm literally one of those people that's lucky enough to say, I love what I do. Um, cause my hobby is my job and my job is my hobby uh, and passion and all of that in the mix. So I just think I'm one of those lucky guys that really has a great job. Certainly is the case. Uh, congratulations on taking the magazine from strength to strength. As you said, usually when a magazine goes purely digital, it's the death knell. But I'm so glad that hasn't been the case for one of the most loved uh, magazines uh, in the running community. And yeah, here's to, uh, to bigger and better things and upping those subscriber numbers. Remember, modernathlete.co.za is uh, where to log on. And it's a simple process to get subscribed. And of course, uh, join in to not only read the articles, look at the great photos uh, but also to enter those great pictures uh, into those great competitions sean falconer it's been great chatting to you we'll see you out on the road cool thanks Derek. go well cheers man bye
I'm certainly a big fan of the magazine. I'm also a big fan of this next business. Gonna hit the ground running. So a few months ago, I bumped into a friend of mine, Lasiba Manubele, and he said to me, Derek, you enjoy running? So I said, yeah, I do. And he said, well, listen, uh, how often uh, do you clean your, your sneakers? So I said, well, not often enough. They're actually always all messed up, as one would expect from running shoes. And he said, well, look, I've started this business, Clean and Fresh, and what we do is we clean your shoes for you. So I said, okay, cool, well, I'll give it a go because, uh, firstly, my shoes were messed up, and secondly, he's a good mate of mine. And... Gave them the shoes. Two days later, he came back with them and they looked brand new. Not a word of a lie. In fact, I came home that night and a friend of mine saw it and she said, wow, you got new shoes. And I'm talking about shoes that were easily three years old. So I can vouch for them. But uh, Lasiba, great to have you on the line and on the show. Tell us a, a bit more about the business. Afternoon, Derek, and uh, hello to your listeners as well. Um, we started about two years ago where, as you said, it was a case of uh, between friends and uh, we saw a market whereby people were now asking the guys in this uh, trade that we're doing in Houting, the people are very busy and uh, they're also active, especially more on runners. So you find that in your case of yourself, you, you've got a busy week and you need to go running or you need to go do some sports. Um, where we come in is that we then offer a service of uh, cleaning your sneakers. One, we collect and we deliver from your home uh, at no extra cost. And uh, we take about 24 to 48 hours as our turnaround time. Now, affordability is also there because we charge about 80 rands to 100 rands for all types of sneakers that we clean. So it was basically started as friends. It has now grown. And uh, we, we started picking up now from uh, mid-rand up until Jobex CBD. We also have clients in Pretoria who are requesting, but obviously in terms of logistics, um, Pretoria guys, we normally have a specific day to say that, okay, uh, on a Thursday, and maybe every Thursday or so, we are able to then venture out in the further away areas. I'm so glad to hear that it's growing. I, I remember after you gave my shoes back to me, I, I went onto Twitter, took a photo of them, yeah. tagged you guys. I said, geez, thanks so much. These are amazing. You blew me away. Seriously, I, I was so, so <laughs> impressed. And someone replied about two or three weeks later, and they said, thanks so much, Derek, for the recommendation. Got hold of these guys and had equally the same response. So, uh, yeah, I mean, as you say, you, you certainly are picking up in terms of uh, capacity, in terms of the area. Um, and response-wise, I mean, the, the guys and girls out there, they must really be loving it because I don't know what you do to them, but I've never seen old <laughs> shoes get so clean so quickly. No, it's the care that we give it, you know. Uh, we always believe in whatever job that you do, give it your best. And in this day and age, you don't need to be buying brand new shoes every second month or so. So at the same time, we rejuvenate and, uh, you know, whereby you can find your sneakers being on top niche again. Are a lot of your clients runners? A lot of our clients are runners, but what we've also picked up is that uh, your ladies, uh, people who are into, I'll call them sneaker heads, uh, yeah. just for casual wearing. Yeah. And so it, 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 grows, it goes across all boards whereby people just want to have their sneaks okay. We've actually now started uh, doing ladies' um, soles, uh, heels, sorry. Yeah. Um, whereby all the heels that ladies have, they've got a uh, one-art heel or anything like that. We also are able to uh, make do with that so we can uh, repair it for you. 
So how do people get a hold of you? If uh, they finish a race, uh, that <laughs> their shoes are looking worse for wear, they want to get them cleaned up for the next race in a week's time, what do they do? Yeah, for sure. You can easily contact us. We are on social media, on Instagram and Twitter, with the following handle. It's called uh, at clean and fresh, spelled C-L-E-A-N-N-F-R-E-S-H, underscore S-C. Clean and fresh underscore SC. That's one of our social uh, platforms. And in terms of maybe messaging or phone calls, you can always find us on 084-3011-746. I'll repeat that again. It's 084-3011-746. Excellent. So just that Twitter handle again, at clean and fresh underscore SC, and it's clean and fresh. So C-L-E-A-N-N. F-R-E-S-H underscore S-C and the S-C stands for sneaker care. So just to put a bit of background in in case. That's correct. And uh, that number again, well, they can just just rewind on the podcast. But uh, yeah, Lasiba, I'm so glad to see you guys are going from strength to strength. As I keep on reiterating, I was highly impressed and I need to get a new batch of shoes to ASAP. And uh, hopefully uh, a lot of the listeners uh, get hold of you as well because not just for everyday life, but especially from this perspective, uh, the running lifestyle, uh, the shoes That's need true. a lot of uh, care and um, yeah you guys provide it That's true That's true Thank you very much as well Derek Well hopefully we will be able to continue with what we're doing Fantastic sir Thanks uh, Lasiba We'll see you out on the road or we'll see you back at uh, Clean and Fresh when we bring our road sneakers to you Much appreciated Derek and enjoy the rest of your day Cheers my man Bye Thank you Bye Gonna hit the ground running. Now to our regulars. Some say he used to conduct his own ultrasounds while in the womb before faxing them through to the doctor. Such is his affinity with gadgets. It's our very own wham-loving tech guru, Steve Hill. The Tech Session with Steve Hill. Hey Derek, stride, S T. R-Y-D is the first wearable for runners that measures power. This is a small foot pod to attach to the laces which tracks how much power is generated as you run. In the past few weeks we've spoken about tracking distance, heart rate, pace on various gadgets. So why exactly would you want to know your power, the watts that you generate? This is apparently the second most important metric other than heart rate that competitive runners care about. Power lets you know the intensity of your training. It allows for quick improvements to workouts without overtraining. Knowing your power apparently also helps identify inefficiencies in form, technique, and muscle strength. Basically, it helps you get faster. This is serious. It seems to be all the rage right now. Stride monitors you and your running habits. The app, available for both Android and iOS, which is always a plus, calculates the power you should run at for a particular distance lessening your chances of hitting that proverbial wall before the end of your run. I know that would help quite a few runners. It also is compatible and can be paired with Apple, Garmin, Suunto, Samsung, Polar and many other smartphones as well. Science says that if you're doing interval training, running in zones defined by power is more exact than using your heart rate. Reviews suggest that the Stride app is a bit hit and miss, sometimes underestimating distance which in turn messes up the power data. But it's still new. 
Rather, pairing with a watch for speed and distance seems to provide a much more accurate output. If you browse over to the stride.com website, the quote that leads on the page is, you can predictably set new personal records. You'll be the envy of all the runners who pass in your next race when you surge by them late with beautiful and effortless running form, each and every time with perfect pacing. That's a bold quote. Uh, looking at the features and, and what, how they say it works on the website, you can get a new personal best. How does that work? You get a single power target to follow during your race. Follow this power target and you will run faster than ever. They also say you can peak for race day. So how that works, you peak at the right time. You put the work in, now you should recover the right amount so you're ready for race day. And then they say you can compare against the world, compare against anyone with power. Power directly measures your work so you can compare against your friends and the global stride community. Nice claims, and like I say, it seems to be the rage right now, so something worth uh, checking out. Stride is de designed to fit seamlessly into your running lifestyle. It is quick and easy to install. It is enhanced with carbon fiber, and Stride is both lightweight, strong, and IP67 water resistant. What does that mean? It's actually splash resistant, not intended for streams or rivers, so you can't go swimming with it. It only weighs 10 grams and attaches to your shoelaces, small little pod similar to the chips that you use to track the times when running for people if you want a comparison. It connects to your devices using Bluetooth. It also uses wired charging and the stats say that it holds one month per charge. So it's not something you have to plug in or charge regularly, but um, it does need to be charged. To wrap it up, it's really more for competitive data hungry runners looking to maximize the benefit from their training sessions. And to be honest, it's above amateur fun running level and not really for me. But I do find the science of it really interesting nonetheless. And if you're serious about your stats and constant improvement, go and check it out. They also now claim to be shipping worldwide. Stride.com is the website. Please mail us if you want your running tech featured. Our email as always is runhuntertech at icloud.com. I'm also on Instagram at Stephen P. Hill. Bye. Gonna hit the ground running. Thanks as always, Steve. Now to the cue ball, Darren Brahm, a man who could potentially be a character in a new video game called Boot Fighter. I kid you not. Go vote. His comrade's journey hit a few speed bumps recently, but in true cue ball fashion, he bounced back brilliantly. <laughs> Q-Ball's Comrades Corner. How's it, Derek? Yes, so i uh, got quite a bit to report back on. Um, obviously, two weekends of running, and I can tell you two contrasting weeks um, from a running point of view. We'll start off with the Val Marathon, the weekend before this one that's just passed. And um, I was going there to qualify for Comrades, as I'd said in my previous report. I was looking forward to it, I was nervous, and um, I did predict bravely enough or maybe stupidly enough that I would do a four hours or wanted to do a four hours 40 but at the same time I did say that I just wanted to qualify and even if I did a four hours 49 and 59 seconds I'd be happy with that so I can tell you that I came closer to the latter four hours 49 and uh, 59 seconds I actually did it with 16 seconds to spare um, I can't really tell you where it went wrong up until 30 kilometers I was having the race of my life I felt good I was chatting to people um, joking around and at 30 kilometers everything the wheels just completely came off um, I, I became lightheaded I became my legs became weak 
Uh, runners call it hitting the wall. And so anybody that's run a marathon and has hit the wall will understand where I'm coming from. And you know, to pull yourself back from that point and finish, is, it's extremely difficult. At 32, I thought I just I was going to actually call it a day. And, and I've never bailed from a race, but that's how close I came. It's just that I couldn't get a lift back to the finish. And so I continued to try and walk, putting one foot in front of the other. Um, and our chairlady actually caught me at about 7Ks to go. And she thought and was adamant that we could still qualify. And she stuck by me. She pulled me through, literally pulled me through. We hit the field with two minutes to spare uh, for the comrades qualifying cutoff. And um, we gave it a good go. We sprinted around the field. My legs actually completely gave in with, uh, uh, on that field twice. It's such a surreal feeling to be running where your brain is saying what you need to do, but the body is just uh, doing exactly the opposite. But yes, we came through and we qualified with 16 seconds uh, left on the clock. But I really wasn't happy with the, the, the run itself. It was, it was a difficult run. And I think from, you know, looking back, I think my nutrition was wrong the day before and on the day. I was just didn't eat enough. Um, I was dehydrated. Um, so I really wasn't happy with the qualifying. And, and at the end of the race, I actually just wanted to throw my tackies away. But yeah. Picked myself up, dusted myself off, and um, on Saturday, travelled to Secunda to do the Cosmos 3-in-1, which I was extremely nervous for, given uh, the Val Marathon's uh, race. And um, yeah, I got to the Secunda 3-in-1. Secunda 3-in-1 is, or the Cosmos 3-in-1 is 42 in the morning, uh, 21 in the afternoon at 1 o'clock, and then uh, to finish it off, you get a little 10 kilometre at 5, 5 o'clock. Extremely difficult race and extremely, you have to be mentally tough on the day because it's that rest in between your legs start to seize up. Um, so it's a good test for comrades and went out again conservatively. Um, and I felt so good throughout the whole marathon. Um, I was taking enough fluids in. My wife had uh, advised me and she's advised me a million times to take a rehydrate, but for some reason I'm stubborn and I don't. But Listened to her this time, and I'd taken rehydrates the night before, taken rehydrates in the morning. Um, I was hydrated throughout the race. I'd eaten well, um, and I had, a, I had an amazing marathon. I had so much energy left at the end, and I ended up doing a 4 hours 41 minutes, which for me was, it was absolutely brilliant. 1 o'clock, we started the 21. Um, again, my legs felt extremely strong. I never... Battled it all as far as um, power went within the legs. The only thing that I was struggling with, I was chafing a lot. Um, I tend to throw a lot of water over myself during the race because I seem to overheat. And um, so with the water, it's, it actually washed the Vaseline off where you need to put Vaseline. And so I was chafing extremely badly, so badly that I was actually bleeding down my legs. Um, but again, I felt strong right throughout the race. I started struggling at about 16 kilometers, but I carried on. I managed to carry on, run, walk, run, walk, run, walk, which I wanted to do. Um, and I finished that uh, 21 in about 2 hours 35. Again, I was happy with that. Then on to the 10K. 10K is always a slog. Um, it's difficult to get those legs moving after 63 kilometers and then obviously a good hour and a half rest in between. But yeah, I got onto um, a bus and just stuck with them. And we did it in about a one hour 30, which I was extremely happy with. I wasn't really worried about the time. And then to put the cherry on top, I got my permanent number. You had to do five 
in order to get your permanent number. So permanent number 996, which is great. And I'm extremely proud of that achievement. So overall, the weekend was a success. And yeah, coming from the Vol Marathon where I was so down and then going on to such a high, I feel a lot more confident now again towards the Comrades Marathon. So I can officially say now that uh, Q-Ball is going to be lining up at the start of the 2019 Comrades. Um, Beards it mate, is in age group. I'm not really concerned about that. It, I'm happy about where I am with my training. I'm going to start putting in a little bit more heel work now. Um, on the weekends, I'm going to run a probably a 20k on the Sunday, uh, Saturday, and then on the Sunday do some hill repeats. So I definitely want to work on my hill, um, hill strength. But overall, a much better weekend. Overall, I'm happy where I am again. Um, I've let go of the Vol Marathon. It was one of those runs where it was just probably a bad day out, and I picked myself up, dust myself off. Mentally back to where I need to be, um, suffering with a little bit of black toenails and of course the chafe, but that's something that we can deal with. And uh, yeah, I'll report back on next weekend and let's hope we carry on with this positive attitude. Thanks, Derek. Gonna hit the ground running. Last but definitely not least, let's look at our club of the week. Club commitments. On to our club of the week. We head over to Bedford View, where we find Fit 2000. In fact, it uh, used to be the club of our very own Darren Cubal Brahm. He's becoming quite a popular figure um, uh, as part of Run Hunter. In fact, uh, he was out in a race over the weekend, and a couple of people actually stopped him. And they said, are you Darren Cubal from... Uh, Run Hunter, and uh, he applied in the affirmative. Um, but yeah, on the line, we've got Roy McGregor, who is the outgoing chairman of Fit 2000. Roy, great to have you on the line. Tell us a, a bit more about the club. Um, well, as far as I remember, the club was started by Paul Selby. Uh, Paul Selby, many people will remember, is one of those mad blokes who used to do the double comrades in a day. Um, so we still operate out of Paul's house in Oriel in Bedford View. And um, he and his wife have moved into the cottage, and on Thursdays we kind of take over his whole house. So we, <laughs> we do our time trials from there and all of our admin. That's an incredible history. I mean, when you speak to, to clubs, it's, it's nice of them to be up and about, but geez, I, I don't think you can quite compare um, what you just told us. I mean, you, you literally have moved Paul Solby out of his place uh, to, <laughs> yes. to, to run this club, to run this running club. I, I think it's a phenomenal story. Yeah, and you know, we still see Paul all the time and he's making a bit of a running comeback uh, and um, he has great plans this year to run comrades um, with one of the old mates, uh, Charles Matthias, who was one of the earlier members of the club. So we're hoping to get a bit of publicity out of the event and that's, um, you know, if he can overcome some of his current medical problems. But he's out on the road and, and he's running well again. Geez, if Paul had to do it, what number would that be? Do you know? Um, I'm not sure. We are keeping track of how many marathons he's run. And this, this weekend, he completed his 685th marathon. So, you know, he's a legend in his own time. And, uh, you know, we are privileged to have him still in our club. That is incredible. So, so tell us a bit more about the club. How many members do you, do you guys have? And, and for those wanting to become a, a part of the club, what, how do they go about doing it? Um, all right. So we, we're not a very large club. We've had a, we sort of stayed steady at, 
just under 100 members for the last uh, four years. So we were about the 95, 96 mark. Um, I think the majority of the members in the club um, are quite sort of older members, and, and we like it that way, but we are looking for new, younger talent, uh, younger people to join the club. Our average age is about 57, um, and uh, it's, a, it's a nice family of, of, of running members. We do have some serious runners, people who run Comrades every year. There are about 20 of them, and it's usually the same people that also take part in the two oceans. Um, to, to try and join the club, we believe that we are one of the cheaper clubs in Joe because we don't have to compete with JP Quandam and Bedford View and places like that. Um, so our fees are very reasonably priced. It's, it's around about 360 rand a year, uh, not counting in the CGA cost of 120 rand for your license. Um, but, you know, based in Bedford View, if you guys came around on a, on a Thursday evening, we have our time trials from uh, in summer, quarter to six, uh, and then in winter, so it's between April and September, we change to half past five just because of the light. Um, and that's and, and you obviously find our club gazebo at most of the races, and you could chat to any of the people there and they give you more information. You say your average age is around the 57 mark. Uh, I remember chatting yes. to Bruce Fordyce a, a couple of weeks ago. Now, he does a morning run every day with a, a group of friends of his, and uh, they're all um, in the, the, the latter stages of their lives. And he says in order to become a member of their running group, you need to be able to answer three questions correctly. First, where you were when JFK was shot, and you can't say a twinkle in your, your mother or dad's eye, uh, you need to <laughs> okay. be able to identify all four of the Beatles. And finally, you need to be able to name the astronaut who was inside Apollo when they did uh, the first moon landing, when uh, Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin got onto the moon. Uh, are you able to answer all of those? Uh, no, not all of them, I must admit. And, and, you know, we wouldn't like to put so much pressure on prospective <laughs> members of our club either. Jeez, <laughs> uh, it's a fantastic tradition that you guys have got. And, and I love the fact that you know, age is but a number over at Fit 2000. And, I mean, you mentioned your, your club numbers. Uh, you're at around the 96, 97 mark. Aren't you keen to, to get that nice big round century? Uh, yes, you know, and look, I don't think it's any fault of mine. When I joined, we were just over a hundred, and over the last four the last four years, when I've been the the chairperson, we've dwindled just by a couple. But what it is is some of the people are retiring, and then they don't take up their number and they move down to the coast. And we have got one or two new people that come in every year. Um, yes, I agree. We would like to get it over a hundred. That would be fantastic. And we do have newer members joining, which is which is great. Um, look, I think everybody would like to have more members in their running club, but we also want to be at a sort of a manageable number of people. Um, you know, you can still manage it on WhatsApp and email and that sort of thing, but you know, I don't know how you'd manage a thousand runners. It, it, on the subject of managing, any races that you guys organize? Um, no, actually for the last few years we haven't been able to do it. Um, and I think there's a lot of logistics involved, you know, trying to get a sponsor, trying to get the um, the Metro Police involved, trying to get a route. Um, you know, basically every weekend is taken up by some of the bigger clubs. There isn't really space for a, mm. another club to, to, to host an event. And your running colors, uh, you are easily of the most identifiable clubs out there in your bright uh, pink and white striped vests. Uh, any history behind the colors? Um, well, look, I think Paul would uh, 
argue that it's not pink, it's magenta. I think he and Jenny spent a lot of time uh, making sure he got his mix of colors right uh, when they first came up. He didn't want to look like the Chappies running club, but yes, you're right, it's very distinctive and we're very proud of our, our colors. Um, a few years ago, we did try to just change the, the pattern a little bit using the same color, but there was such a backlash from all of the members, so we've decided to just keep it as it is, but I think they all love it. Yeah, it's a stunning, stunning kit. I, I really enjoy it. Uh, so the website, fit2000.co.za, folks can log on. And yeah, I- I- everything they need to know about the club is right there, including if they want to join and, and become a member. Yes, so none of us are really tech savvy and we have struggled to to update the website. Um, it will be fantastic to hear a member who knows how to deal with websites. <laughs> but we also have a, a, a Facebook page, so that's easy to get hold of people that way. Um, and, you know, I think if, if people are really, really keen, then maybe off air I could give you my number or my personal email address just to, you know, to drum up some interest. Let's see what, what happens out there. But I, you know, I think it's a great opportunity to get a little bit of airtime. You know, that, that would be nice. Of course. Um, oh, there is one thing I wanted to mention. Go for it. Um, you know, on, on the, on, along the lines of, you know, we do have an aging population in our club. We are the first club that I know of we had Uncle Des Robbins, who retired from running. He turned 90, and we gave him a great send-off last year um, at the Roball scaffolding race. I said to Uncle Des, tell me what is your favorite 10-kilometer run? And he said it was the Roball scaffolding 10Ks, and it, obviously before then it had a different sponsor. And uh, we went and did a – we got everybody in our running club out there, and we ran and walked with Uncle Des. And when he finished, we made a guard of honor. And oh. everybody there said they'd never actually seen it done before. Oh, that is magnificent. And uh, finally, Roy, you are on your way out. As far as being a chairman's concerned, you'll still be very much involved with the club. But, uh, yeah, someone else taking over, um, happy to pass on the baton? Yes, I thought that, you know, having done four years, uh, it is time for some fresh ideas. Uh, and Alison is considerably younger than me, and she does have some great ideas. And I also felt it was time that we had a lady chairman. You know, I I really believe that, that women are very good organizers and they good communicators and can get people involved. Um, and she was very happy to take up the baton and she's doing very well at the moment and, and, and people are happy with how things are working out at the club. Roy McGregor, it's been a pleasure chatting to you. Thank you so much. Fit2000 is the club. As mentioned, that website, fit2000.co.za. uh, As Roy alluded to as well, you can pop over on Facebook and you can find them there. Uh, Their membership at around the 97 mark, looking to get it to 100 and maybe even more so. So if you're in the Bedford View area, or even not so much, uh, give them a ring, give them a mail, and uh, join up. You can't miss their bright magenta and white striped shirts out on the road. Uh, road. Roy, thanks so much, uh, and happy running. Thank you so much. Thank you. Cheers. Bye-bye. So that wraps it up for Episode 6 of Runanta. Thanks for joining as always. Remember to subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you're listening to. Big things await. You can catch me on Twitter at DerekAlberts1 or simply email info at radar.media. We'll catch you out on the road. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Runhunter. Brought to you by Radar Media.